This week's episode is brought to you by Campaign Refinery, an amazing new email marketing automation tool. Look, in the world of digital marketing, there's a lot to keep track of. We all know this. As much as we're in love with social media and the power of social conversation here at Social Inc. and on the All About Digital Marketing podcast, we are well aware at just how powerful email marketing can be. Email marketing is not dead. In fact, it's never been more important to help you leverage your presence everywhere else into the one channel that you'll own, regardless of what changes Facebook, Twitter, or any other platform makes in the future. I've known the founder, Travis Ketchum, for years, and he's been a past guest on the podcast, episode 15, if you want to listen to it. I've personally used his other products before, and they've been fantastic. The amount of thought that he's put into each and every one of what he's created has been incredible. I'd highly encourage you to try their free 14-day trial at campaignrefinery.com to see what world-class email marketing automation can do for you and your business. Massive thank you to Travis and Campaign Refinery for their support of the All About Digital Marketing show. Welcome to the All About Digital Marketing podcast. The show all about digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing. Brought to you by Socialink, a digital marketing agency specializing in social media and content marketing for brave brands and forward-thinking SMEs. I'm your host, Chris Bruno, and as always, we're here to bring you the most actionable tips, tricks, tools, and insights to help you achieve more when it comes to your digital marketing. Subscribe to the show and be sure to share with a friend if you found something useful or interesting. You can find all the show notes and more information on www.allaboutdigitalmarketing.co.uk. Hey everybody, I'm Chris. I'm the host of All About Digital Marketing podcast, and I'm also the CEO of Social Inc. At Social Inc., we're constantly trying to experiment and find new ways to create content and add value for our audience, for people out there who are struggling with their digital marketing. Today's episode is a little bit special. It's the audio from a brand new video series that we've called The Social Inc. Show, and it focuses on myself and James O'Donnell, my commercial director at Social Inc., And the two of us are having a really simple, open, honest chat, a little bit about why we do things differently, a little bit about the idea of creating longer format, more raw content, and how that can help you with your digital marketing for 30 days after the fact. This is just one way that we're repurposing this content, and we'd love to hear your thoughts and to find out a little bit more about whether you think it's of value, whether you'd like to hear more of these in the future, and whether or not you want to find out more about the repurposing side of things. So enjoy the show. Like I said, it's a little bit different. It's not a solo episode. It's not a guest talking about marketing, but hopefully this will give you a little bit more insight into who we are, what we do, why we do what we do, and give you some ideas and some inspiration as to what you can do. Stay safe, everybody, and enjoy the episode. This is The Social Inc. Show, episode one. (laughs) So, James, what's the idea of doing the Social Inc. show? So we have lots of conversations about tech and business and social media, and marketing and work. And I thought it would be a good idea for us to record these. There might be some pearls of wisdom that come out of them. and. We'll have an experiment. We love a challenge. So we'll give it a go, see if it works. If it doesn't work, at least our parents will watch this. Fingers crossed, mum, dad, both sides, any in-laws. I will bully them. I'll bully them into watching it. Don't worry about that. So that's the, that's the idea. You know, we can talk a few around a few different subjects, see where the conversation goes. That's the idea, really. It's not too revolutionary, is it? So the idea of this first episode, though, is going to be to do exactly the same as what we've done in the past, like, for example, starting a podcast in 30 days. And our very first episode of the podcast was our pretty much our strategy meeting about the podcast. So we were throwing ideas out there and we were trying to figure this out. We have been a little bit inspired by the very lovely Tim Ferriss and Kevin Rose to a certain extent, because we do like the random show. 
And for anyone who hasn't listened to the random show, we'll put a link somewhere around here. And they don't need any publicity. They're doing all right. They're doing all right. <laughs> They should put a link to our show in their show to help us out. That's what they should do. That would be very nice. We'll definitely tag them and ask them to uh, to do that. And which one are you? Uh, at the moment, I'd say I'm the Tim Ferriss of the group, even though you've oh, got the haircut. I've got the hair. See, I think I'm the Tim Ferriss because I've got the hair and lots of chat, um, but I've not really done anything technical that I can talk about it, whereas you've actually got the technical you know, you've, you've built a business, you've sold a business, you know, you've grown a business. That's more the Kevin Rose type stuff. Okay. So now we're going to ask other people to figure out in a poll, which one of us is more Tim, and which one of us is more Kevin. This is not, no, wait, wait, stop. We cannot make this show into the, we love Tim and Kevin show. That wasn't the idea of what we were trying to do here. Not at all. Not at all. So let's get back down to it, which was the idea is this first episode, which is all about trying to figure out what it is that this show is going to be all about. I've just had this amazing thing, though. That cup really needs to say Kobayashi on the bottom of it. There's a unique reference uh, to a uh, now disgraced actor, but a great film. Great actor, great film, and disgraced or not, that doesn't uh, take away from the magic of usual suspects. So, so far, we've been talking for about five minutes, and from everything I can tell, we've talked nothing about anything that we do or what we actually wanted to talk about in some way, shape, or form. So, so one of the things that we could talk about is why should businesses do videos like this, where they're talking about what they do as a business, and then share that with at least put it out there. They might not even have an audience yet, but why starting something raw, and this is pretty raw, why that might be a good idea? Well, let's be honest. Any kind of content creation that gives people a chance to see the people behind a business, understand how they work, see a little bit about their craziness maybe, like for example, what we might talk about. Personalities. I like that. Personalities make it sound so much better. And to be honest with you, our personalities are pretty much rounded up at the moment by you wearing sunglasses, red sunglasses, I might add, and me wearing this baseball cap. Um, but outside of that... I don't always just wear red sunglasses. Like, I do it, you know, for the fans. But there's other colours that come out from time to time. There are. Very rarely. Come on, be honest. You've got to give the, give the fans what they want. <laughs> so... The idea of creating content like this is very much we want to make sure that people can see a little bit about behind the scenes, who we are, how we work, what we do. Also a little bit about our thought processes. But what I've always found interesting is a lot of people talk about an idea. And this is something that actually we just had a call a little while ago with, uh, with a coaching client. And we were talking about exactly that, right? It's very easy to create the mental image of what it is that you're going to do and how it's going to be amazing. But that's always perfect. And it's always this unattainable goal or something that you're never actually going to do or that you never actually get around to do. And this is something that we spoke about probably for the first time in 2017, I want to say, before we were working together. And we talked yeah. about the idea of creating some form of a podcast with a glass of wine. Now, for everyone's uh, benefit, there isn't wine in Actually, I don't know that for a fact. We're in different countries. But there isn't wine, I don't think, in James's coffee cup. And I'm drinking out of a water bottle, which is, again, not filled with wine. Just black coffee for me. It's a little bit early for wine. But I do hope in a future episode to have a glass of uh, something red and interesting. I'm trying to think of like cherry aid or something like that for you to, uh, to make sure you get a bottle before you uh, start that. Well, you're the wine expert, so. <laughs> How is my wine collection that I left stored at your house? Uh, moving on. So <laughs> this feels like, a you know, this is the start of a challenge, I think. You know, if we can get this working and get talking about what we do and we get into the habit of making these, then this experiment, this challenge, which is a great way of starting anything, because it doesn't matter if it doesn't work, because it's an experiment. It's a challenge. If it works, great. I love having these kind of chats. If it doesn't, as I said before, at least our parents would have watched it, but no one else probably will watch it if it doesn't work out. 
So the thing that is interesting about creating a long form piece of content like this, and something again that we do talk about a lot, is the idea of repurposing. So although this version, even our parents realistically aren't going to watch it from beginning to end, um, and they'll probably be very, very upfront about telling us why they didn't. But the idea is that we can actually use this for many a reason. And that's something that I think we should document a fair amount and talk about in the next episode, for example, to show what some of these different ways that you can use one simple long format content video recorded and then actually be able to take that and do something with it. Yeah. I, you know, we, you know, social link as a business, we, we do done for you and coaching services for businesses and, and consultants and coaches to help them have a you know bit better digital footprint and to, share their stories with with their with their communities and one of the biggest things we always hear from people that we just started working with is they can't come up with with ideas you don't need to really come up with too many ideas if you're passionate about what you do and you can you can get passionate about a certain subject once a month once every uh, couple of weeks you can then split that up and, and and serve that out to your community very very easily you don't need to think of something new Every single time you you press record on your camera or you start start a start a blog, it does, does it doesn't work like that, and you, you you'll be exhausted if you're trying to come up with something new every every single day. But we're currently in the middle of another challenge, and the other challenge that we're doing was totally Chris's idea, totally out of my comfort zone. But we are doing a daily blogging challenge on our personal websites so on chrisbruno.co and jamesodonnell.co.uk we have been hammering out crafting <laughs> blogs to get into the habit of writing sharing a little bit more about ourselves being a little bit more personal with some of the content that that, that we write and i've really enjoyed it but the, the idea of it it still started as a challenge you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, right. Let's get to it. So I found that challenges are a great way of just getting started and trying something, right? It's a challenge. It's going to be challenging. Yes. But usually you can find a way to get through a pain point or something kind of a barrier if it's for a very, very short amount of time. So you're right. We're in the middle of this challenge as we're recording this, but we've always liked to throw extra things into the mix and make ourselves a uh, more interesting and more fun and more challenging for ourselves. But actually, at the same time, I found it really interesting. And I'll give you two reasons why. The personal blog challenge idea was to see if we could be a little bit more vulnerable, talk a little bit more about ourselves rather than just constantly talking about work and what we do for other people. And it also allowed us free reign of topics. And this was something that was really interesting. So the idea of that is that when we're usually writing stuff for Social Inc, we're talking about digital marketing, we'll go very deep or very specific on a particular subject. And we're obviously always trying to add value to our audience for that particular thing. But when you're writing for your own personal brand, you're suddenly able to pull from anything that you're doing, anything in your personal life, anything that you've currently done, seen, read, listened to, watched, whatever it's been. And all of those things have been, for me anyway, massive stimulus inputs. Just one thing, one idea that I've read about or something that I've watched is enough to then give me an idea for a complete blog and the freedom to be able to write it. So it's been really interesting in that side. But the second thing that I think has been really interesting for me, for me as well has been the level of engagement and interest in content, which is just completely away from anything we've ever done before. So do you think that that's because these are people who are existing people who are already following the Chris Bruno show or these are new people who have been attracted to you because you've started to open up that tough manly exterior and started to share some of the, the more personal aspects of your of your life online something about the way you phrased that that just really irked me um <laughs> it, felt, it felt good it felt good i'm glad you enjoyed it that's the important part um 
I think it's a bit of both, right? Your current audience and the people that you're already connected with. So if you think about something like LinkedIn, I've had people that I worked with five, six years ago, a couple of years ago on different projects that have kind of come out of the woodwork and left comments or engaged in some way, shape or form. Then you've got a new part of your audience, people that maybe you've connected with in the last 18 months. Um, or maybe people that have only ever seen a connected side. They haven't necessarily had one-to-one contact with me or met me in person because of the last six months that we've been living, whereby everyone's kind of just holed up in their own little uh, hobbit hole and no one gets to speak to each other in, uh, in real life. Where are you then? Where are you now? <laughs> like you don't know. So I'm well, in I know. rural south of France. So my biggest challenge over the last six months has been not losing my mind with a very slow internet connection. That hamster running around its wheel, is it keeping the power going? The hamster would create more bandwidth. (laughs) Anyway, digress. So you're talking about sharing. Yeah. So I think people are getting a chance to meet the virtual me, but understanding a little bit more about who that is as opposed to how that used to be, which would have been having a pint after finishing a full day's consultancy or something, and then unwinding a little bit and talking a little bit and things, you know, invariably stop being about work and start being about, hey, you, how, what do you do? and What sort of hobbies and interests and personal situations and stuff like that. And I think that's really interesting because there's a huge ability to do that online at all times. But more often than not, we'll focus on the work side as if that's the only way to create value and i think there's a huge value in actually making sure that anybody who thinks about working with me in the future knows what kind of a person i am what sort of things drive me what sort of things go round in our crazy little heads hence the idea of doing this show as well um because we're not going to be the right fit for everyone right and there's nothing wrong with that i, th- I think that's so important and one, one of the differences or maybe you could correct me on this but between us is I look at your career and it's been relatively linear insofar as you've been helping people solve the same problem for a period, you know, for social links 11, 11 years old now? Will be 12 in two months. 12 in two months. Wow. Getting ready for secondary school. So, you know, you've been solving people's problems online for that, that period, period of time, which, you know, I've never done anything for that long. That, that to me is, wow, like the, the, the knowledge that you've got that, that's built up over those years is fantastic. Where I come from, where I come from, my Venn diagram of, of experience is just eclectic all over the place. And I think because you may have got used to talking about social media, digital marketing, starting businesses, getting businesses working, that you've got become so good at that that then people don't know don't know anything else about you. So now you've been able to share some more. I can see how that's gonna that's gonna resonate with people. I think my my problem is the opposite. As I said. There's loads of things that I've done in the past, different little careers that overlay, overlap. They don't all overlap. This sounds so ominous now. There's no ominousness. There's no ominousness. This is just me being real. So there's lots of different careers that have have, have come off from that. And so if I want to write about something that's personal, it could fall into all of these different areas, these different pots that have, have, been, have been my life, that have been my career. And there's two ways of looking at that. There's, there's one way, which is, no, you've just got to talk about one thing. You are this one thing and that's all you can be and that's all you can talk about. That's how you build your brand. Or you say, well, it's 2020. That's not really how careers and lives work now. You you do a little bit of that and then you pivot over here and then you try this and then you grow there. And, and actually what happens is you're, you're building up a, a body of experience, a body of work that then creates this kind of fulcrum point that, that 
that that's what your uniqueness is. No one's got the hit the work history that I've got. No one. That makes you unique. That makes me unique. And and just like everybody else. <laughs> but everybody has that has this. But I think online there's a there's sometimes a a fear, you know, does this match my this this does this personal story or does this story about this thing that happened to me, does that match my personal brand? And well, if it's about you and it's true, then it does. That's who you are. That's you being honest. That's you sharing um, about you. So don't don't try and write something or don't try try and create something that that, that is that is that is fake. As maybe some influencers influencers might do on Instagram when they go and rent their Lamborghinis for the weekend. I don't know what you mean. No one would do that. Surely. No people should be comfortable about sharing things that maybe are not directly aligned with their online persona because it's still part of their brand. If, if they're being real, if they're being truthful about themselves, that's still something that, that, that might resonate. I think there's a big challenge in this because all the content that's pushed out there by the gurus, the experts, etc whether it be about starting a YouTube channel, starting a podcast, starting an Instagram account to try and monetize. People often mistake the understanding of if you're going to start something like that, keep it specific, right? It's for a particular targeted audience and that is what you do. So for example, if you look at the podcast that we do all about digital marketing, clue is in the title as to what it's about and and what sort of content it's going to be. But we know we've now recorded and published fifty-six episodes, I think, today. And, and just to just to interrupt it, Chris, that is fantastic. The fact that that started as a challenge, and now it's a year's worth of episodes later. It's kept going. It's been consistent. The the interviews are fantastic. The guests are, the guests are great, and really, you have been driving that. So, well done. If you're watching this on YouTube and you're still with us 23 minutes in, four <laughs> minutes in. Hi, Dad. Um, <laughs> just say, just say, well done, Chris. And we'll put the link to the All About Digital Marketing podcast in here. But it's it's great. You know, I learned something from that every time I listen to it. But, you know, I've I've got an empty brain and I need to chuck in marketing knowledge. Sorry. No, it's fine. But what's interesting about it is, right, so when you're creating something like that, it's got a very, very specific target audience. It's about something very specific. So all the content that's created is very specific. And I think the beauty of being able to use your personal brand, and again, in a way, anything that I do or anything that I talk about is part of my business brand because I'm all about content creation. I'm all about social media. I'm all about putting stuff out there. So from that sense, I guess it doesn't really matter whether it's 2017 and I was traveling around the world whilst working as a, hate the phrase, but digital nomad, hate that phrase. But I created video content about travels, about what I was up to and everything else. And again, it was very much in the idea or the spirit of, it'll be great for me to be able to look back on this and say, awesome. I remember when I did that. But at the same time for Social Link last year, we did a challenge where we went live every day during the month of May, I believe, 2019. And the idea of that was, again, just to talk about something different every day. But the extent of the challenge preparation was, this is what we're going to do. And the very first day, uh, I had originally been on holiday somewhere else. I'd had a bit of a personal issue. I flew to the south of France. I told my dad, get in the car, we're going to Italy. And ended up in Italy on the 1st of May. And it was my turn to go first and go live and to explain the challenge of what we were doing. And I did it literally in the middle of a square in, in rural northern Italy. And it was fantastic. And that started us off. The whole team got involved. Everyone was doing something one day. I believe even Gareth went live from a canoe one day. So we made it as interesting as we possibly could. But there was an element of we were always talking about one particular subject, i.e. digital marketing but it gave some real insight as well into the people behind it. And I think that's something that's really important. So when, when people are looking at this or listening to this or watching, if there is anybody still with us, 
the idea of if you're trying to create a business around a podcast, a business around an influencer network on Instagram, a business around content creation for a YouTube channel, sticking to one thing and one thing only is a surefire way to make sure that you're constantly building an audience. If it comes to your personal brand and it's about you and you want that to back up who you are, then just being yourself in theory, like you said, as long as you're not one of those people that would, I can't believe this would happen, rent a Lamborghini to pretend like you own a Lamborghini so that you can look cool to your Instagram friends. But by doing everything that's actually who you are, what you're about, sharing, being more social, uh, posting content, being a bit more vulnerable, showing a little bit that behind the scenes, all of those things, for me anyway, fit in 100% with who I am and what I do. So I think that's a really good way of looking at it. And what you said there, you know, be the real you, not the authentic you that you think people want to see. I, I, I totally agree with that. Being real makes you stand out. Everyone else is trying to be who they think people think that they should be. Well, this is interesting as well. So there's a couple of people that I follow on LinkedIn. Uh, I've got a lot of admiration for them. And they have very particular styles. And it got me thinking about this in this way, right? People see Gary V, for example, as, wow, he's doing so well. So what they think is, I need to replicate Gary V's style, energy, the way he keeps going on about the hustle and everything else. The reality is Gary V isn't for everybody. And it's not because that's worked for Gary V that that will work for you. And it got me thinking about the real other side of the spectrum. So I'm going to put a link somewhere to Dan Kelsall. And I love Dan Kelsall's content. Dan is very, very down to earth, says what's on his mind, isn't afraid to swear, and has his own very particular style. But what's great about it is not that you should think, wow, Dan's content's doing well because it's really unique to Dan and therefore I'm going to copy his style and I'll start swearing in my posts and that'll make sure that I do as well as Dan. That's not the principle of it. It's by looking at these people and the differences that they have is you realize that actually they're just being themselves and they're doing it in their most natural form, which will either be swearing or not swearing. So for example, I try not to swear, but invariably the occasional swear word comes out in my content. And the other day, I didn't even realize it had happened until I tried to promote a video on you on Facebook. And it told me that that wasn't going to happen because I'd sworn in the video. <laughs> so, you know, being yourself, being natural has its ups and downs, but you're not trying to copy somebody else's who's been successful style. They have yeah. become successful because their style has resonated with people. So being who you are and having an audience, whether it be 100 people who really believe in what you do and want to work with you or 20,000 people that want to follow you makes no difference. It's having the right people that resonate with you and who you are. Yeah, and I think it, it's your, what's your way. You know, you could go and copy anybody out there. You know, copy their exact website, post exactly the same tweets as them, send out almost identical Instagrams, whatever it is, and you won't have half a percent of the same as what they would from a success perspective. Because it's not you. It's not authentic. You have to find your way and your way of delivery, uh, what works best between different channels. It's what we say to our coaching clients is that we, we're not going to say, here's the recipe for success, get on with it, that you know this will work. It's each time it's experimenting, it's, it's challenges, it's trying this out. This doesn't work. Okay, well, for you, you're really good at this. Let's, let's maximize what you're doing over there. That's what it's all about. So, you know, just trying to copy someone, it's, you're, not, you're not being your, your, your authentic self at all. So something's just come into my mind, and I wanted to ask you first, but oh. <laughs> don't look so panicked. Oh, that's going in the diary. This is a family-friendly show. But actually, this is quite fun. Um, so you and I have both done some vlogging and we've got YouTube channels, not that have broken the internet by any means. Clocked three figures the other day. Oh, yeah. Nicely my done. Own personal URL. With one video. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of subscribers that I've got, I mean. Oh, over, fantastic. Gone over 100, you know. Check you out. Pretty, pretty big deal. I don't know if you know this, but James is a pretty big deal. So I'm at about a quarter of what you are. Um, so that puts me way down there. 
this into perspective. My dad has more YouTube subscribers than I do. <laughs> my dad is in his 70s and on his video channel, uh, channel, video channel, YouTube channel, he puts up spliced together videos of model railway trains. And that's it. But his little unique community love it. They've, they've all subscribed to him. He's a big deal in that community. The young whippersnapper with his, with his YouTube channel in his 70s. What's the line from Hot Fuzz? If you want to be the big guy in town, why don't you put yourself down the uh, model village? But your dad it really is the big guy in model trains. This isn't a family-friendly show all of a sudden. I'll bleep that out. That won't count. Yeah. See, I told you it happens occasionally. So the reason I brought up your YouTube channel and the fact that we both vlogged and that we're trying to vlog more as, again, another part of our challenge and challenges to ourselves What's the most popular video in terms of total views that you've had on your site? Uh, it's, it's in it. Oh, have you got it in front of you? Do you know the answer to this? It's I a, don't, it's, but I imagine it's the unboxing one for the camera. Yeah, it's a few thousand that I've got on. I say I was trying out, I can't remember what it was. It was a Canon, like little point and shoot, trying that out as a, as a vlogging uh, device versus my iPhone. And that is easily my most popular video. Am I a tech reviewer kind of guy? <laughs> no, no, I am not. <laughs> I am the last person anybody calls to say what kind of tech they want. But that format just works on YouTube. This versus this. What works? This versus this. This versus this. And that, that's easily the, my, my most popular popular video. So the reason I bring this up is talking about personal brands and everything else. My most popular video is titled Thai Massage with No Happy Ending. That's a different niche that you've gone down. But this was whilst being abroad, whilst being in Thailand at the time. Uh, I've switched the video off, by the way. She's no longer watching. <laughs> yeah, but your dad's subscribers are loving this. They're all subscribing right now, just clicking there, wherever it is. But the idea of the video was really simple, right? We went, uh, I was with a friend and she decided that she really wanted to go to one of these beautiful big spas for the day. So we did. And at the time I was vlogging. So I thought, oh, this would be really cool. It'd be interesting to, uh, to, to, to record the experience and, and whatever else. And again, it was a really nice five star, really well rated, one thing or another. Um, so we went and did that. And the realization afterwards of the importance of the no in that uh, in that YouTube video title has had no effect. The no does not work. So I can imagine there's lots of people that are remarkably unhappy when they see this face talking about going for a very nice massage in a very respectable place, and it wasn't at all what they were looking for. So the, the, the popular video was clickbaitedly titled, and people have gone to it. You've got fake views and no more subscribers because the, the fake views that you've got aren't going to subscribe to you anyway. So I think I get, I get the little saying, thumbs down. You're essentially saying don't do that. Don't ever do that. No. Don't do that. No. If there's any possibility that your title could be misconstrued in any way and remembering that no does not negate the other version of the search, uh, yeah, I'd say definitely don't do that. Great. But to be fair, though, again, that whole purpose of the, the, the video series that I did on Planned As Always was literally just to document a little bit about what I was doing in Asia whilst I was there for three and a half months. So there was never any kind of purpose. There was no sponsors. There was no trying to flog anything out of it or anything else like that. And it never even crossed my mind that later on you might want to do that. But it was always interesting because, again, the idea of having a personal brand should be that it reflects who you are. And I'm not someone that necessarily takes myself ridiculously seriously all the time uh, I do love to travel I like to to be remote and to be able to have that flexibility to work anywhere um, and just like we've done since 2016 anyway in the company so I think that's kind of a, a nice thing to be able to have um, and upset with myself that I didn't do more of it. it it's a good document isn't it because you know in another 30 years when you're in your 80s and you look back. <coughs> Sorry, your math. Bad math, bad math, bad math. Well, you know, when you look back at that video, that's a great little reminder. You know, people now we've got, you know, people now who are in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and they look back, all they've got is little, you know, 
black, cut out black and white photos. Yeah, I think that's me that's in them. Whereas we're going to have this huge repository of, of selfies and vlogs and blogs that we've created. And if you're not creating something, future generations are just going to know you as a, as a, as a person in a, in a photo. They're not going to get to know who you are or get any kind of idea of your person, personality. The next generation, they'll be like that. Do you remember the oldies? Talking about you in particular, James. Uh, do you remember the oldies and their 2D videos that they used to make on YouTube? How sad is that as they're looking at their holographic representations in 3D of what the event was and what they were doing? I think we'll probably be downloaded into 3D printed robot versions of ourselves to live a second life. So this that's seems my, like... That's my prediction. Next so this year, seems like this could, this could be a whole new episode or a whole other episode, just uh, what John thinks the future of technology looks future, like. Future ideas, future ideas. Hey, there's a segue. What is work going to look like next year in 2020? What business is going to happen? You've got a very diff... Well, what, what do you think? <laughs> you were going to say pessimistic, weren't you? You are very pessimistic, which surprises me. I'm not pessimistic about life in general. I think everything's going to continue. It's going to be very different to what we're used to and what we've known last year. But I can already see that there's going to be huge impacts. So from my point of view, from everything that I've read, from what I'm looking at, you know, the virus is nowhere near going away, right? So that's still going to leave certain things that are going to have to happen, certain behaviors that are going to have to stick around. But also these behaviors and things that we've been doing already for the last three, four months, whether people realize it or not, are becoming habits. So not necessarily going to the pub every single night and meeting your friends after work for drinks, etc. You're That's now not a good habit. That's not a good habit. I never said good. I said a, a habit. Right. So there's a lot of things that are changing, right? We've got the new rules that are about to come out whereby you'll need to wear a mask if you're out in public. Now that is another big shift. People, even my dad here, if I go to the supermarket, I'll straight away grab a mask, wear it whilst I'm out. Le supermarché. So um, I'm impressed you got that word right. Don't do that too often because I'll have to correct you on video. (laughs) That's how we learn. That's my French shrug. So there's different things, right? So dad won't necessarily remember to take a mask with him. I will. But we're realizing that things are changing. So I'm talking to friends and people I know, work systems and behaviors are changing regardless. So even just the basics of, you know, a company saying work from home isn't possible, we want everyone to be in the office. You're going to have a really hard time telling someone they can't work from home two days a week forever because they've just spent four months keeping your business afloat, working from home 100%. So I think there's going to be things that have to change and that will change. But another one that's interesting is going to be corporate travel, right? This idea of, yeah, it's fine. I'll jump on a plane, I'll fly to Brussels and I'll meet the people that I need to talk to and then I'll fly back. And then next week I'm flying to France and I'll meet people. That's changed. And there's two or three reasons for it changing. One, there's a lot of people that I talk to that still aren't comfortable with the idea of finding themselves in a crowded airport, being stuck in a plane with 150 other people potentially who you don't know who's sick and who's not. So that's the first part of it, personal choices. But second one is companies, right? They're going to be looking at their balance sheets this year going, well, we canceled all corporate travel. It hasn't left a massive dent in the sales because we're still working. We're still talking to people. We're just doing a lot more on Zoom or whatever it might be. So actually, do we need to re-implement the same system that we used to have, i.e. huge expense accounts for people to travel around and keep going backwards and forwards? Or actually, have we just realized that 90% of that is absolutely useless? Yes, and there's, there's, there's loads of other things. So you've got a corporate travel, but you've got offices. I, you know, I know I've spoken to a few business owners that are just saying, we, we, we're, we're not going to go back to the office. Everyone's going to continue working from home. We're absolutely fine. That's, that's how it's going to work now. And think of the cost savings that that comes with, right? Well, there's, there's cost savings from a business perspective, but, but, but I'm thinking from a, kind of from a societal perspective. Over the last 100 years, 
you remember those. The cities have just become these incredible behemoths of, of, of productivity and activity and serendipitous relation, um, new connections that have then spurred us onto bigger and better things as, as, as a you know, Western society. But if we can now truly go remote, truly go digital, the need for some people to all be based in these massive urban centers just just kind of uh, evaporates and and i my wife and i we, we we rent in london because it's easy for us to get into london to do business uh but then enjoy the you know the benefits of, of living in london but as we're getting older now we're thinking well if we can both do our jobs remotely where could we end up we've got little noah who uh, my one-year-old, you know, maybe where he might end up going to school, where where maybe we can live somewhere that's got a good school and education actually becomes a bigger draw for where we we end up end up going. Maybe education might change by the time Noah's there. Everyone's doing you know digital school of one style education. I think there's so many opportunities that uh, this enforced remote style of working has 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 opened and i think there are there are consequences i'm not going to say unintended because this wasn't an intentional thing this is you know it's just happened to us isn't it but there are consequences that we don't even realize are gonna is gonna happen that we can't possibly you know think about and does that mean there's going to be companies that pop up that you think why that, that we can't even think that there's a problem they're going to solve a problem that we don't even know exists uh, uh, now so I, I think I'm positive that there's going to be a there's, it's going to be a new future new future I criticize people for saying that there's going to be a future that is unpredictable absolutely it's just not going to look like we thought it was or what it used to look like and I think short term that's the part where Certain people that I'm, I'm reading or talking to or having conversations like this with kind of see it as it's fine. We're kind of getting towards the end of this. And I don't see that, right? You know, for now, we're dealing with something that we can't see. We don't really know much about. We, had, we don't have a solution to, whether it be for treatment or for vaccines uh, to counter it. We don't know what the future holds in regards to that. So I think there's just going to be a lot of changes. And I think change whether for the best or not long term is hard and those changes on a short-term basis are going to be painful i just think that's the case so if you look at the numbers that came out today actually this morning it's estimated at about six hundred and fifty thousand people so far have lost their jobs that's whilst the government has in place a system to keep people paid whilst they're not working so when we get towards October time, I think that's the crunch point, right? Whereas furlough systems stop, et cetera, we're going to have a really rough, painful adjustment period. And it's going to happen just as we sort of go into winter, which for all intents and purposes, and if you listen to the science, um, then you know, you're know you looking at potentially that being a bad time uh, for the virus to be able to recirculate and to restart spreading. So I think there's just a lot of unknowns. We know that there's a lot of unknowns. The uncertainty brings with it usually a bit of turmoil. And at the same time, there's just loads of stuff that's going to happen that we, like you said, you can't even think about yet. But I do think that there's a lot of good that's come from this. And I published a blog the other day sort of saying five things I was really grateful for. You know, I found myself locked down with my dad by pure chance you know, a week before that, I was actually with you uh, in the UK. So all of a sudden, I got to spend four months with my dad, which as an adult, probably would have never happened otherwise, I never would have got that time with him again. And I think that's something to be hugely thankful for. But also, everyone in my close group of friends, people I know, people I work with on a regular basis, whether they like to admit it or not, their habits have changed. And, you know, people aren't necessarily looking at, oh, I've got to get on a plane as quickly as possible to go for a holiday to Greece this year. But what they're actually doing is going, well, hang on a second, what can I do differently this year? Or how can I see my family and my close friends? Or what can we do locally within the same country 
There's a lot of shifts, you know, taking more time to prepare meals at home, spending more time together as a family, whatever it might be, there's a ton of these shifts. And I think that's where it's really interesting. I think a lot of people might not even have clocked yet that they're already doing things differently. And even though things are opening up, you know, there hasn't been a flock and a boom of people going to restaurants. You know, the government saying here will help and will pay for part of that restaurant proves that. And I think that's something that's really important as well to remember the difference between what we're fed as being, yes, this is happening. And then what's actually happening and what the changes to the laws and, and regulations and stuff are that really make a difference. It's whether or not, you know, from a government perspective, they, they want to maintain jobs, don't they? They want to keep companies ticking, ticking over and, and employing people. But, you know, are they trying to nudge society back to what it was or are they open to actually incentivizing what will need to be the you know a new economy you know going forward so you know as people i think leave urban areas they need to invest massively particularly in your country where you are at the moment they need to invest massively in in digital infrastructure so 200 meters away from the entrance to where i live they have fiber you need to move 200 meters. <laughs> I'm trying to think of ways I could dig my own little trench 200 meters and get my own fiber optic cable and just plug into somebody your, else's house. Your morning exercise out with your shovel. How's your morning routine going, Chris? It's going really well. I dug 12 meters of my trench for my fiber optic cable. But it's interesting though, actually. So rural France is set to, well, my local area is set by next year to have fiber. Uh, I put it in inverted commas because it'll be fiber up until the phone point, And then from main roads, it'll be still through a phone line. So it won't be real fiber. Le, le or la fiber? La fibre. La fibre. I, w- I just want to make sure I get that right. La fibre. Thanks. Is that just so that you can wind me up and annoy me every time by just saying, how's la fibre going? No, I deliberately get it wrong every time. Perfect. Thanks. Um, but interesting enough, so I actually signed up because you've got Elon Musk who's currently doing Starlink. So for those who don't know what it is, it's a network of... (laughs) James, you must know what it is. People go to your website to see about technology. I don't think they do. (laughs) (laughs) Just that one video. Um, But the idea being, right, so it's a network of low-altitude satellites which would provide uh, internet access. So actually, you don't need to dig up all the roads and everything else. People could get access. So I tried to sign up for, for the beta program. I'd love to be selected. Big shout out to Elon so you'd Musk get your and Starlink. Own no, I wouldn't have my own satellite. I'd just be able to connect to the network of satellites as part of their testing. But the idea being that if within three to five years that actually is resolved, then pretty much everybody on the planet could be in a situation whereby no matter where you are, you have a solid internet connection and decent enough to do anything you want. So you can now take your working remotely and leaving an urban area to the nth extreme, i.e. you live in the middle of absolutely nowhere, but as long as you can see the sky, in theory, you can get internet connection as well. Man, I think we might revisit some of these interesting future lifestyle tsunami in the future. Very interesting. Very interesting. Shall we uh, wrap? That's the terminology. You used to own a TV show, TV station. Not a show, a station. Wow. (laughs) So you want to say that's a wrap? You didn't do the sort of the clicker at the beginning. I have to do a clicker, though. Oh, my goodness. There's a, there's a, you know, wrap stands for something, doesn't it? It's right, real, the, the, Someone put in the comments, what a rap stands for something. Let's wrap that. It doesn't. As in, it's an acronym, W R A. It's an acronym. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Love to know. Acronym. Leave a comment below. Uh, I will send a personalized selfie to the person who lets us know what rap stands for in the film. And if that puts you off from letting us know what rap actually is, then I will personally guarantee that he doesn't send you the selfie. And please leave it below. We'd love to know. It's, it's your choice. It's your choice. But I will make it personalised to, to, to that person. How would you personalise it, just out of interest? Well, it depends on that person, doesn't it? Bespoke. I would like you to do a selfie like this. You know, that might be the request. 
Now there's a lifestyle business idea. <laughs> yes. In lockdown, that is a lifestyle that I have chosen not to pursue. So this is how you end these shows, isn't it? So Chris, if people are interested, how can they get in contact with you? <laughs> Just leave a comment below. We'll get back in touch. But if not, you can find us on all of the social media platforms at Social Inc. Uh, and you can also find myself personally on Twitter as Just Chris Bruno, Christopher Bruno on LinkedIn, uh, or my personal website, chrisbruno.co. What about good, you, James? He's good at that. He's good at that, isn't he? Got, got the flow. So my personal website is jamesodonnell.co.uk. My Twitter is at jodonnellcoach. My Instagram is at jodonnellcoach. My LinkedIn is at jodonnellcoach. Well, LinkedIn forward slash jodonnellcoach. Connect with me on twi- Twitter. That's where, that's where I chat and interact probably the, uh, the most. Be great to to see you know connect with us. It'd be great to know if you've uh, if you've made it made it to the end of the first episode of the Social Inc. Show. Do you have a funny feeling that your mom and dad are going to reach out to you now on uh, Twitter? They are not going to. Well, that's it then. Then this is the Social Inc. Show episode one. I nearly said two for some reason, but one. And let's see how we can evolve this. You're already and... planning. You're already planning the next episode. You think we should do more of that, less of that. I, I'm just, I've got a long list of notes for you, ways for you to improve. I, I really appreciate that. I think you were perfect. Oh, that's great. I like that. And I understand it. <sighs> Let's take a photo for the thumb, thumbnail. There you go. I don't know if that, well, I took a, you can sort do, out the um, thumbnail. Here you go. Look and smile. That's how you take a thumbnail. Brilliant. What, what do we call the first show and what do we put up on that YouTube uh, snapshot thumbnail in terms of text? Experiment. <laughs> <laughs> Yet another dot, 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 experiment. Experiment, yeah. That, that, should, uh, that should work. If you have watched, please let us know what you think. We'd love to know a little bit more and we really appreciate you listening and watching and we'll put as many links as we can down below just to help everybody. But thank you so much. Bye, guys. Bye. The All About Digital Marketing podcast is brought to you by Social Inc., a distributed digital marketing agency specialized in delivering results through online campaigns. Whether it's content marketing, social media marketing, online advertising, or web design, we've got you covered from strategy through to delivery. If you're struggling with your digital marketing, get in touch today by simply visiting www.socialinc.com.